Something is definitely changing, shifting. Uh, I mean, I'm lost for words for a minute. That's a change, isn't it? I've never felt more of a need for the Holy Spirit right now. Just administering his word that just... John prayed at the prayer meeting that not to be an expert in what we've always done. I guess I could get up here right now and do what I've always done reasonably well, I guess. Depending on the day. But there's something in, in, new in the, happening in the Holy Spirit. And I want to say, I, I want to use the present continuance tense. It is changing. It is shifting. You may not have caught it quite yet. That's so, don't, don't be feel, oh gosh, there's something happening. I missed it. No, no. It is happening. And we catch it in different ways and it meets us in different ways. So don't get, don't feel excluded by that. To be honest with you, and I, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I, 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 yesterday, um, what hit me was that this change, this what's happening is not about being caught up and swept up in a river, in a, in a stream. It, it, it's much more deliberate than that. It comes from a decision of the heart. So we sang a song, I have decided to follow Jesus. And it's, it's, it's like, it's because I'm, I'm deciding, I'm counting myself in. I, I've decided that these are the people that God has called me to be with at this time and in this place to build his church with. I'm, I've just decided that. And, you know, to be honest with you, to be, be really bluntly honest with you, looking around yesterday and even looking around this morning, you're lovely and everything. We're all lovely. But we're all right kind of ragtag bunch, aren't we really? Really? Aren't we? And they were yesterday, and we've been through stuff, and it's challenging, it's difficult, it's been hard. You wanted to give up at some times, haven't you? Hands up, no, don't, 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 hands up. And the same was true, a lot of people there yesterday, they've been through stuff. I said, God, what a... There wasn't any sense, if, if you wanted to go and be part of something which is more popular and more polished and more kind of happening right now, there are probably places you could go. I'm not trying to encourage you to, uh, <laughs> don't think, <laughs> but it was with just a little bunch of ragtag broken people, 120 of them in an upper room, just seeking the Holy Spirit that God turned the world upside down. And so when, when we were hearing all this word about God's moving in the north, something new is going to happen up in the north and, and, and we're thinking, God, we're through us. Yes. Yes, but what matters and what makes the difference, folks, and what's different this time, I think, is not, it's just, whoa, it's great. It's It's, I'm making a quality decision of my heart to engage and be involved in this. And when enough of us do that, there's there's a tipping point. So that's why I want to say it is shifting. How much of it we get into and embrace and move with this depends on the decisions we make in our heart. (coughs) 
Here's something else that's changed. I'm only bringing a short word this morning. I think. We'll see what happens. But I just... Um, I mean, part, honest, some of it was circumstantial. I've been ill this week, didn't have the time. And so I felt, God, well, should I not do it? Should we do something else? And, but I felt I've got something I just want to impart to you. But it's going to be short. And then I, actually what I wanted to do is involve you guys in it. You will see. It's important when you're involved in building something. You know, because building is hard work, isn't it? And, and sometimes you, you, your head is down, looking as you're putting one stone on the other, and your hands are, you know, are hurting, and they're scraped and everything, and your nails are broken, and, 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 and it's, it's backbreaking sometimes. It's hard. It's therefore important that we're able to look up and reimagine and dream and remind ourselves of the vision, as Brendan prayed, that God has given us. If you're just stuck with your head down all the time in the building, not only is it discouraging and heartbreaking at times, but it narrows the scope of, of what you see. And at times we have to look up and say, God, what have you shown us? And as we talk, singing and worshiping about Jesus, I think again, again, I just prayed, Lord Jesus. What we're doing is so that you might be glorified, is so that the desire of the nations would be revealed, that the, 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 the person that the people are longing for and don't even know it would be revealed to them through your church. And we just need to be reminded. I want to I wanna just talk a little bit about the dream and the vision today. On Wednesday, something be said about the notices. I'm going to encourage all of you. If you if you believe you're part of this family, you don't you belong here, but you also want to build here together. I want you to encourage the, to be there on Wednesday because we've got to have some, you know, honest conversation about what does it mean to be a member of this church family, building together as we move into this future. I want to encourage you to be there. I'm not saying it's going to be hard or tough. I hope it's going to be inspiring and encouraging. But it will be about making quality decisions of the heart. And that's what will make the difference. But what I want us to do this morning is that before we... We'll talk on Wednesday about building the dream. I want us just to talk... I just want us to dream together for a moment about what it is that we're building. And what... what encouraged me to do this was I was reading in The Voice about Nehemiah. You know, I've been looking at Ezra and Nehemiah and the building, the, the temple, which represents the church, of course, and we're about building a community which looks like Jesus and the city walls. It's another expression of it. And you know, you may know the story. Nehemiah hears that the city walls are broken down. And one of the things that we're building, there's got to be a difference between the church and the world. We're not just to be like the world, we're to be different. But different in the right way, not holier than thou. Different because of the different values that we live by, by the power that's at work within us. Different. It's his presence that makes us different. And Nehemiah had heard the walls are broken down and um, he wept. He cried. And just as Dan was praying for me, I just felt a kind of just, Lord, we want to build your church. We don't want to 
broken down church. We want a church that is flourishing and full of your glory. So Nehemiah was a man moved by that, but, he, but God spoke to him and gave him a vision. And he goes to Jerusalem and he walks around the city walls looking at the state of things. And then in the voice, it just said this. It's something that caught me quite a few weeks ago. I just want to read it to you. It's in, it's in Nehemiah chapter 2, and I'm reading from verse 11 in the voice. It says, Nevertheless, my journey continued until I reached Jerusalem. After three days in the city, under the cover of darkness... I was accompanied by a small group of men. The true God had placed a secret plan on my heart. And there I had left it hidden until the time was right. No one knew what it was I imagined for Jerusalem. And with my men walking beside me, I mounted and rode around the city. And so on. It was that phrase, no one had no one knew what I had imagined for Jerusalem. Can I ask you a question? What have you imagined for Jerusalem? I'm not talking about a Middle Eastern city. I mean, they need a lot of, they need the power of God there. But what have you imagined for the church? Can I just ask you to stop that? What do you, what do you dream about for the church? What have you imagined that this church could look like? That's what I'm going to invite you to do today. There's some papers over there, and on the top of it, it says, invited to imagine. You see, here, it's one man, Nehemiah. And God had given a secret plan in his heart that he was keeping to himself. But you know what? We don't live in those days anymore. We don't live in the days when it's just one man or one woman with a vision. Sometimes, in the past, we have given that impression. That in the world, you have, I don't know, your Steve Jobs or your Mark Zuckerberg or whatever. And they have a vision and they get people joined into their vision. And sometimes the church has been like that. Can I just make it clear? I did say this at the, 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 the recent Roots and Foundations, if you were there. For Alison and I, our desire is not to get you on board with our vision. It's not about our vision. It's not about my vision, my secret plan. God through Moses said, I want all my people to be prophets. I want all my people to be seers. I want all my people to be imagineers and to have an insight into my secret plan. I'm sorry to use translations, which you haven't got in front of you. But I'm just going to use the message now. Because what happens in the New Testament, it tells you God's plan was like it was a secret. It was a mystery. But it's now been made known. It's now been revealed to everyone. It's not just the preserve of one person. And we are not in this church just trying to get you on board with our vision. What we are trying to do is get you on board with his vision. That's what matters. So it's not about my vision. So this is what, this is what Paul says, speaking through Eugene Peterson, says... Um, about the secret plan of God. In fact, in the message, the, the, the title, the, the, the subtitle is The Secret Plan of God. Um, this is why I, Paul, am in jail for Christ. Having taken up the cause of you outsiders, so-called, I take it that you're familiar with the plan I was given. Sorry, with the part I was given in God's plan for including everybody. Notice that. The plan for including everybody. 
I got the inside story on this from God himself, as I just wrote you in brief. As you read over what I've written to you, you'll be able to see for yourselves the mystery of Christ. It's an open secret. Everybody can see it. None of our ancestors understood this. Only in our time has it been made clear by God's spirit through his holy prophets and apostles of the new order. So he does use leaders to make it known and to make it plain, but it's open for everybody. It goes on. The mystery is that people who've never heard of God and those who've heard of him all their lives, what I've been calling the outsiders and the insiders, stand on the same ground before God. They get the same offer, the same help, the same promises in Christ Jesus. The message is accessible and welcoming to everyone across the board. Everyone gets to be included. It's not just one man with a vision. Everybody gets to be included. This is my life work, helping people understand and respond to this message. It came as a sheer gift to me, a real surprise. God handling all the details. When it came to presenting the message to people who had no background in God's way, I was the least qualified of any of the available Christians. God saw to it that I was equipped, but you can be sure that it had nothing to do with my natural abilities. This is not to do with a, a, lead, a great leader with loads of gifting. No, no, it's just to do with choosing and appointing. And then he goes on to say this, and so here I am, preaching and teaching and writing about things that are way over my head, the inexhaustible riches and generosity of Christ. My task, this is the leader's task, is to bring out in the open and make plain what God, who created all this in the first place, has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. Through Christians like yourselves, gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. Did you get that? He says, yeah, I have got a role as a leader to make it plain, to make it known, to to try to show you how it works out in practice. But this is not just for me. This is for everybody. If churches gather, and it's going to be real, it's going to be owned by and realized by everybody. It's not my vision. It's not my dream. Equally, church is not about your dream. Church is not about your dream, in one sense. I think one of the mistakes that church has sometimes made is we've tried to say, you know, we're going to help you fulfill your dream. God loves you and has a plan for your life. Well, yeah, that's true up to a point. But it's not first and foremost about my dream or your dream. It's about his dream. It's about his dream. Another word for that dream, that dream of a world made right, a world filled with his love and his power and his glory and his goodness and his grace and his mercy, a world filled with his glory. That dream is sometimes in the Bible called the kingdom of God. And what are we told to pray? Our Father... Let your, king, let your kingdom come. Not let my kingdom come. Your kingdom come. This book on leadership I was reading recently said this. It says you, to use your leadership gifting such as it is. Not to dream your own dreams. But to dream God's dreams. I'm not a Christian Mark Zuckerberg, thank goodness. I'm just a servant of God to be a steward of his dreams. I can talk a little bit about what that might look like in practice. We'll see another time, but... I just want to say this is not about my dream or your dream. It's about his dream. 
And yet. And yet. In the fulfilling of his dream, the coming of his kingdom, the way God works is to make himself vulnerable to our desires and dreams. It's about his dream, but he makes himself vulnerable to our desires and dreams. So he says, when you pray, ask whatever you desire and it will be given you. When you pray, you know, when you're praying, when you're in the presence of God, when you're in the secret place, you should pay attention to the desires on your heart. Now, there'll be a load of stuff and muck there that need, he will gently clean out of the way as well. But there's some jewels in your heart there that are the desires that he's placed there. Do you know the word desire means of the Father? D of and sire means Father. Of the Father, there are desires that He's placed there. Notice it's when you pray, it's when you get intimate with God, he, the desires of It's not when you're watching the telly. You ask whatever you desire. <laughs> Watch the telly, oh Lord, I wish I'd. I could have been a great Shakespearean actor. I just dream, I think maybe I should go and make a career in acting. You know? No, no, no. It's not, it's not when you're reading, I don't know, the motor car magazine, whatever, the, whatever they are. Think, oh Lord, I desire a new Lexus or whatever. No, it's when you pray. Pray the desires of your heart and they will be given you. When you're in that intimate place. When, you, when you're in that intimate place. Uh, the desires that God places on your heart. They're part of the Father's dream. You see, I, I believe this. Every one of us has something of the dream of God's kingdom in our hearts. Every one of us. It was almost as if when, when humanity rebelled against God, it's, it's as if the dream of God's world filled with his glory was like, if you can imagine it like this, it was like a massive diamond. The dream was like this massive diamond of what the world was going to look like. And when we rebelled against God and went our own way, it's like it dropped and shattered into millions and millions and billions of shards and splinters and every one of them went into the heart of every human being who's ever lived. And every human being who's ever lived has got something of a shard or a splinter, a glimpse of the world that God wants. Every one of them. Sometimes it's painful. You know, when you long, you long for the homeless to be housed. When you long for the poor to be fed and clothed. When you, you long to be part of a community where we truly do love one another and respect one another and care for one another, that's a splinter of God's kingdom in your heart. And when you pray, you're catching something of the heart of God, the dream of his kingdom. And I want this morning to release some of those dreams, as, as Brendan prayed, in fact, some of those imaginings. Of what his kingdom might look like. Every one of us has got a different aspect. One of the jobs of the leader in a community is to try and make, show us where they all fit together. That we all prayed earlier on, we prayed this morning about unity. But it was unity that doesn't like uniformity. It's, it's diversity and unity. Everybody bringing a different thing, a different dream, a different aspect of the diamond. But, but it fits all together in a beautiful unity. 
You need to, we need to be people, and this is part of what's going to happen in this season, we need to be people of the secret place. In the hidden places, like, like Nehemiah was, he was in the hidden place where the, the, the secret plan of God's heart was revealed to him. But please understand this. <laughs> the secret place is where the dream is not, where the dream isn't owned, it's honed. Do you get that? It's not owned, it's honed. I know that's a bad thing, a bad little phrase to use in Yorkshire. The secret place is where the dream is owned, not owned. No, I know that's not a good thing to use. But you know what I mean? It's, it's not owned, it's not possessed, but it's honed, it's shaped, it's formed. And I believe as we spend time in the secret place, the different aspects, the different splinters, the different shards of that diamond of God's kingdom are going to be formed and shaped within us. Some of you have got a dream to see those in the prison of debt set free. Some of you have got a dream to see, I know of one man particularly who's got a dream to see seeds sown into the, into the arts in our society such that it changes ways of thinking, it changes mindsets, it changes culture. That's all part of God's kingdom. But I just want to finish here. At the heart of this kingdom is a community, the church, the house of God. And if we just pursue our own dreams as individual things, we'll never build a community. So we've got to pursue the dreams that God, and and let him shape and refine the dreams that he's put in our hearts. But we've also got to do that in community. See, one of the things that I imagine for the church, one of the things I imagine for the church, is that every member of the church when they go out into their everyday world, they, f- they, they don't feel as though they're like church is back there and then we're doing our thing over here. They think we are being sent by God and by his people into our world, onto the front line to be a witness for this kingdom right there in our workplace. When I'm there, I know, discipling a whole hospital, for example, I am there as a member of, a ch- of the body of Christ doing that. When I'm there in the school forming and shaping the minds and the hearts and the lives and the values of young people. I'm there as a representative of Jesus Christ and his church. But I want you, in a moment I'm going to ask the worship group to come back up. I want you to imagine, like Nehemiah did. He says, you don't realize what I've imagined for Jerusalem. When I first planned this, I thought I was going to stand at the front and tell you some of the things that I've imagined. For the church. And then the Holy Spirit said to me, no, you started off. But then you're going to invite other people up. To come and say, this is what I've imagined for the church. This is the kind of community that I want to be a part of. On Wednesday, we'll talk about how we build that house. What we need to do if we're going to build that house. If we're going to fulfill that dream. But this morning, I want you to dare to dream. I want to set you free in the presence of God in the Holy Spirit to dream what is the church that you have imagined. So musicians, would you come up a minute, please? I've imagined a church where people who are otherwise marginalized, overlooked, Here, they don't only get to be accepted and welcomed, 
They get to be included, valued, and honored, and flourish among us. That's just one example. I've imagined a dream where we treat one another with such love and respect and honor across the genders, across the generations, across all kinds of different social backgrounds, and such honor and respect of one another. I've imagined a church like that. I've imagined a church where there's no gossip, no backbiting, no slander. I've imagined a church where if we have something against one another, we obey the Lord Jesus and we go and we talk to that person. And we say, help me to understand. And so good, quality, healthy relationships are built. I've imagined a church. Just start playing for me, guys, would you? Because I'm going to encourage other people to come up in a moment. I've imagined a church where people not getting healed is the exception. Where people we pray for, people are healed regularly. I've imagined a church where if God gives us a, a role, he gives us a, a gift, he gives us a time, we hold it lightly. Do you know there are many dreams that have died by choking because we've held them too tightly. Imagine a dream where we say, Lord, not my will. Imagine a church where we say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. What I want to do now is I'm going to ask you to stand in the presence of God and remember what I said. I'm not trying to get you on board with my vision. I'm trying to help you to understand his vision, his dream, and to show you some of those things that you've imagined, some of those things that you long for in your heart. Don't pursue them as your own little dream that you possess, that you own. But in a secret place, let God form and shape it and see how it fits into the whole. And then together we can choreograph something beautiful for God. It's not about us each doing our own thing, but it's all building together. You know, we're better together. I imagine a church where we don't have to try and press gang people to do stuff. <laughs> because people see the need and they just do it. Imagine a church full of people of such servant hearts, such giving hearts. Imagine a church where nobody is in need because if you see the need, you don't have to take up an offering. Somebody just goes and fulfills that need. Now over there, there's some paper and some pens and I've put... A title, Invited to Imagine. Some of you might want to just write it down, the kind of church that you imagine. But right now I want to give people the opportunity, an invitation to imagine. I want you to come and say, I imagine a church or I see a church and tell us what it is. Because you're carrying something of the vision that others don't carry. We want to hear it. This is an invitation to imagine, not an invitation to preach. Please don't come and try to make a point or pursue an agenda. Just come and imagine. In the presence of God and before God's people, I imagine a church like this.
Come on, be brave. Come and pray it. Come and say it.